0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless, available online at
1: bravadowireless.com. Mitch Harper, covering BYU sports for KSL, one of the finer radio stations in America. We welcome him to our hotline. How you doing, Mitch?
0: Hey, good morning, Rick. Happy to be on with you again.
1: Well, thank you, and I know it's very early out in Salt Lake, but I appreciate you being here. You know, this week when Oklahoma goes to BYU, which I think I told you before, it's my favorite setting in college football, having been there a couple of times. You know, there was early in the year when you might have kind of called it a trap game after the explosion against West Virginia. Maybe not. How do you feel about this one?
0: BYU is struggling mightily, and that's that's putting it lightly right now because th- there's no there's nothing that BYU can honestly hang its hat on there there's no identity with this team and you know I think Oklahoma they're you know they're more than a 3 touchdown favorite and I think you know they could get even worse than that just because this BYU team is just struggling in every phase and they're realizing how difficult the Big 12 schedule is you know Kalani Sataki said this week that you know he he'd said how difficult and challenging they knew it was going to be but I don't think BYU fans quite realized how challenging Big Twelve football would be. Uh, I think that a lot of fans took the made the mistake of you know looking at logos and saying, well, that, that program's never been you know that good uh, long term. But it's like the talent, the uh, resources that these teams have compared to what BYU has been over you know just decades. It, it's far different, and and I think that uh, they are they jumped into the deep end BYU, and it's kind of a little bit of a reality check of of how much farther uh, they are than uh, near the top of the Big 12 compared to uh, really where they they probably are at the moment.
1: And if you look at matchups, which I think is important in every sport, when you look at these matchups, you know, Keaton Slovis has at times played really well. Of course, he's a guy with a lot of experience, SC, in Pittsburgh. Um, Lately, how's he been? And where is this team have a good matchup, if they do, with Oklahoma?
0: Keaton Slovis right now is working his way back to get into the starting lineup. You know, he's missed the last two games. Jake Retzlaff, the backup quarterback has been the starter. Aaron Roddick, the offensive coordinator for BYU, when, when asked about who's going to start this week, he he said that they're not sure yet, but noted that he won't start Keaton Slovis unless he's 100%. And he noted that Keaton is not 100% right now. And, uh, how can you honestly get to 100% this late in a football season? Everyone, to some extent, is a little bit banged up. So uh, that will be a, a storyline going in. My thought right now would be that Jake Retzlaff probably uh, would be the guy that would be uh, the one that gets the, the starting nod at this point because Keaton is still banged up, and they're going to be very cautious with Keaton because they feel like he's, despite his struggles at times this season, they feel like he's someone that could maybe maybe be an NFL draft pick or find a way to get on an NFL roster next season as far as the, the 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 strength of the advantage that BYU might have against Oklahoma it, it's it's hard to find rick and because BYU they can't stop the run uh they have struggled with running the football themselves and you know this is going to be a game where there could be a little bit of rain in the forecast and if you have to put the ball on the, on the turf and uh, you know it's a kind of an ugly running type of football game that doesn't bode well for for BYU to be quite honest with you and and but I, I do think that BYU one one area is that I think their secondary is pretty good with Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson and, and they have the ability uh, to create some takeaways potentially and maybe if they can come away with a you know an interception or two against Dylan Gabriel set BYU up with a short field maybe they could make it a little bit interesting but but this is one that just that seems like BYU is pretty much outmatched against the Sooners.
1: We're talking to Mitch Harper, BYU, covering BYU for KSL. as course, the Sooners go up there this weekend for a 10 a.m. start, which is uh, blowing the minds of some of the folks up here. I can promise you that. You, know, you mentioned the offensive struggles, and, and I, I, I thought – Personally, I mean, I know he Slovis had been out. I figured he'd be back this week, maybe not. But I look at numbers for BYU. It is so unusual for a BYU team to have, you know, your leading rusher at 400 plus yards, your leading receivers, you know, at 524 yards at this point in the season. For Coach Satake, it was this a kind of a slow getting to this point. Did you see it coming that this offense was really not where we're normally seeing BYU offenses?
0: Not to these levels, Rick. I, I thought that this was going to be, uh, you know, a pretty good offense. Honestly, I thought that they would, you know, even though there were so many newcomers and transfer portal additions, that you know they would still have what they've been in recent years with Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson, two NFL quarterbacks. I thought they'd be, you know, a, a team that can, that can stretch the field, got a violent run game, and that they would be led by behind a, a strong, talented offensive line. And I think that's kind of the the root of the problems is BYU's offensive line has struggled so much and i think it's caused to where all the other uh, tenants of the offense have have you know put out that output that you just laid out in terms of stats so uh, the offensive line despite uh, some of the you know preseason accolades where Kingsley Suamata the left tackle he was a preseason all big 12 selection you know he he's someone that's going to be honored on senior day with which was, people are expecting that he's going to be moving on to the NFL. Uh, you know, that group is just under, underwhelmed. And and I think that also, too, that, you know, BYU is kind of an underrated piece, but they had a strength and conditioning staff come in in June. And, you know, typically you're getting those guys put into place in January, and they set the tone the entire calendar year. I think that's one of the reasons why BYU has been a little bit softer than they've been in years past, and it's shown itself because they had an overhauled strength staff in the summer, and I just think it's it's taken a little bit longer for that culture to be installed uh, compared to years past.
1: Yeah, twenty-two points a game is not like a BYU football team. When I ask about defense, and I'll do that in a moment. First at eight twenty-two here on the Blitz eleven seventy with Mitch Harper from BYU with us. We also have Bryce Hulse.
0: Mitch, being in a new conference, obviously every game up to this point is is new and exciting. But being able to host, uh, you know, a traditional powerhouse like OU on senior day, does that bring an extra motivating factor or more excitement uh, for this team than games in the past? Definitely. And, you know, I was talking with BYU defensive end and, you know, former Big 12 defensive player of the week earlier this season, Tyler Batty, and this week, and, and he even said, you know, like, the milk has been spilled on this team on BYU they they know that they're the expectations are low right now for this group and honestly they got nothing to lose and you know be in compared to what they've had in senior days of past where you're playing basically an FCS team because BYU could never get November home games as an independent wow you it's a complete 180 where you get a blue blood like Oklahoma rolling into Provo and It's still going to be a sellout despite, you know, BYU's three-game losing streak. BYU fans are pretty excited for this one. So uh, I think that 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 is some component where there's just nothing to lose for BYU. You know, if you get thumped by 30, well, that's what you've been doing the last three weeks. Just, you know, business as usual. But, man, if you show some progress and maybe have a good competitive half and you're kind of hanging and make Oklahoma work for a full 60 minutes, Maybe that could be something BYU can build on because they're just looking for anything at this point. Because it really has been a a struggle these past three weeks. I mean, they losing by 29 points a game, and they're they're not competitive. It's they're not showing rising up like a UCF did last week against Oklahoma State. I mean, BYU is just getting thumped by B, Big Twelve teams, and now you bring in the Sooners. That's not the get-right team. To face, but you know, hey, the expectations are so low. Just go out and play and see what you can do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I get that, and I can't imagine it'll be exciting over there having the new uh, new folks in. I want to go defensively here. This is a team giving up six yards a carry, and w- when in watching them, and again, we were in the league with them, Tulsa was many years ago, so I had opportunities to play out there and, and watch them, and 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 play them here. As a matter of fact, I always saw a really difficult to beat, tough team when it came to physicality. And I don't think I see that anymore, and I'm really surprised under Coach Sataki that's not the case. Do you get a feeling of that?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised. And when you bring up, you know, those days in, in the WAC, I mean, BYU, they always had good defensive lines. One of the reasons they were like a 14-1 and team in 96, I mean, because they had, uh, you know, just huge linemen. And that was one of the things that, you know, Kalani really made a point of emphasis coming into the Big 12 was to have humongous personnel <laughs> in the trenches. And, you know, if they've had – some injuries along the defensive line this in recent weeks. They got a, a you know defensive tackle John Nielsen who's dealing with a right ankle injury. That's been a big loss for them, and it, it coincides with this three-game losing streak. He's been absent these last three games, so that was kind of a big deal, more uh, of a story than I think people out here have given credit to. But they just don't have the depth along the defensive line, and and the issues that they had maybe generating a pass rush in recent years. With the previous defensive scheme, it's carry over this new defensive regime, nine sacks through ten games. BYU just can't get home and get to the quarterback, and that continues to plague this program, and it's become kind of their identity where they just they don't generate sacks, they don't generate a pass rush, and that's surprising too because when Kalani took over as the head coach in 2016, he came over from Utah, and his calling card was great defensive lines at the University of Utah that were some of the best, you know, pass rushing D lines in all of college football and for whatever reason uh, they haven't had got that done at BYU. I think their high school recruiting has really struggled and a lot of the 3 and 4 star recruits that they thought were going to be factors this year in year one of the Big 12 they've either been huge evaluation misses or they've been injured. So there's a there's a variety of factors that go into that, but uh yeah, they they clearly lack the physicality and if they don't have that then man, they're going to get bullied in the Big 12 and you've seen that and that could be an issue going forward too.
1: I didn't expect it with coach Satake. Is that the problem? They just said they've fallen off recruiting Have they has it been misses, how did we get here?
0: High school recruiting is definitely lacked at BYU and you know it, there was there were signs in the past with the the previous defensive staff. Uh, I think you know recruiting at BYU, they've kind of lived in the space of being in the 70s in team rankings and in recruiting. Now, BYU's kind of exceeded some of their recruiting class rankings in years past, but, uh, you know, that, that's that been a, a real issue. And and that was one of the reasons that Kalani moved on from his, his friend, Eliza Tuyaki and Ed Lamb as defensive coordinators was because, one, the, the results on the field, but, two, the recruiting was lacking. And Jay Hill, the new defensive coordinator in year one, He's made improvements with this group, uh, but, you know, I I think that it's going to take time for him to get his personnel into the program. And, you know, he's already showing signs of improved recruiting uh, with this 2024 recruiting class, but still he was kind of behind the eight ball with that cycle. So, uh, yeah, I I think recruiting has been a big thing, and I think that they've also just – some of the guys, again, that they had – uh, high projections for, that were four-star kids, they've been swinging a miss, and mm. they've just either left or they've gotten injured, and, and it's just been, uh, you know, a cycle where they just don't have the numbers and the depth. To, and then they, they just don't have the – where you got Kalani Satake last week saying he doesn't know if the players are bought into the scheme. I think that's kind of a little bit of a take of the upperclassmen, you know, not maybe being coached right or, or, or feeling like they're not bought into what's happening right now.
1: Yeah. How's basketball going to be, though?
0: BYU basketball, I think, is is, is going to surprise a little bit this year. I mean, last night it was against a team in, in southeastern Louisiana, and that opponent doesn't conjure up much thought. But, I mean, BYU was dominant. I mean, they, they won by 57 points, and they are leading into shooting the three at a high clip. And, you know, BYU's got a guard in Dallin Hall, who I think's one to keep an eye on around the Big 12. I still think they're going to be – you know, maybe at best, you know, ninth or tenth in the Big 12, and that might be a real optimistic look. But the thing is, I feel like they are going to be a tough out in at home. And, you know, the Marriott Center, they they sold out their, their season ticket allotment for the first time in years at, in Provo, and uh, fans are just juiced to be, be – in the Big 12 and have a league where it gives you a ton of margin for error and still can chase something great. And, you know, Mark Pope kind of went with an unconventional route where instead of turning to the transfer portal, he maintained the roster where everyone last night in that game where they scored 105 points, everyone was on the roster a season ago. So they feel like they're a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of chemistry. They had a European trip. So instead of being a team that's kind of feeling themselves out, they almost feel like a group that's, kind of getting ready for conference play in terms of their chemistry and cohesion together.
1: Well, it's always fun talking to you. And I got to tell you, I mean, I, I I go back a while, so I think it's always more fun when BYU for college football is good. I think when they were a wild card as a kind of a, you know, an independent, if you will, I thought they were a good add to the big 12. I hope they get back. I really kind of miss that. I hope you guys have a great time out there at the 10 a.m. kickoff, have a little breakfast and welcome the Sooners in Mitch. It's always good. Thanks for coming on with us.
0: Yeah, you bet, Rick. Yeah, first time since 2004, since B- he's going to have a 10 a.m. home game. So it's been a while, but it uh, should be free on Saturday. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.